This is your girl, Sada Star, coming to you with another episode of A Day in the Life of the Alpha Woman, the official podcast of the Easy Breezy Life Community. Before I jump into today's topic, if this is your first time joining us, the Easy Breezy Life is a community of strong-willed women who understand that it can be so challenging to manage faith, family, life, and pursue our goals. Well, here at the Easy Breezy Life, you're going to find a community of like-minded women who are just as fierce, focused, and fired up as you are. It's also important that I let you know that everything we share on this platform is for education and entertainment purposes only. Because we believe that the Easy Breezy Life is a group project, we want you to seek out professional help in every way, shape, or form that you might need it. We are going to take a brief break, and we'll be back with this week's episode. Good morning, my loves. Welcome back to a glorious Monday here at the Easy Breezy Life. Just wanted to say that I am super happy to announce our podcast has hit the top 100 list in two categories on Good Pods. We are in ranking number 15 for Christianity and hit number 35 for religion and spirituality. And that is because we have loyal listeners and voters who went on there and voted for us. I didn't even know we were up for any kind of rating, period. Um, But as I took time to rest from certain activities this month and I was checking emails, I was like, what? Is this us for real? Super excited. Um, If you subscribe to our newsletter, you will see that I share a little bit more updates about Easy Breezy Girl and what we are trying to do for young Gen Z women on that platform alongside our Easy Breezy contributor and my baby mama, Adiola Ola Dile. And I am just so excited for this other arena of growth. And if you're wondering where we're getting the strength to do this from, you and I know that it's coming from Jesus because I legit be tired before I come on this podcast to talk to y'all. Like tired, tired. And then all of a sudden I hear the music or the mic goes on and a different me comes out. So I know his grace is sufficient. Um, and I am just so grateful to God for what he is doing, um, for making the Easy Breezy Prayer Journal and Planner hit number one. He's just awesome. Um, and this year we are looking forward to more growth and expansion and really getting y'all to go on the Easy Breezy shop and check out the Alabaster Box. Like, share, subscribe, tell a friend about what we're doing here and just um, give us, oh yes, don't forget to actually give us a rating on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. I'd never remember to do those things or to ask y'all to do those things, um, but apparently it matters. So thank you for consistently tuning in, um, for helping us hit top 100 in two categories. And also, let your love be loud and proud. Tell a friend about the Easy Breezy Life. This week, we are talking about sinking ships. Sink that ship. And I'm going to talk about certain ships that got to sink for you to move forward. You know, as I look at the past couple of years, I went from going through waves of God ripping or separating me from certain relationships and then using that to level me up, giving me some time, and then also having that same cycle repeat itself and understanding that relationships in our lives have to evolve And that really God wants us to get to a place of detachment where we love the people in our life. We love what we're doing, but our only attachment is to him. 
And when I think about these five areas or things that I'm about to talk about, I imagine myself dressed in a Velcro outfit and there's like this wall that has the hooks and just being glued to a wall. And each separation and every time I detach, I'm getting free from the wall. Um, So I can be able to walk forward into destiny. And we sometimes don't realize the ideas or the institutions or the relationships that are keeping us bound from becoming who we are supposed to be because we are attached to an idea of what whatever relationship that is should be. Um, And so the first relationship that I'm going to talk about is sinking your affinity to institutions. Today, I am talking to you as a black Christian, first-generation immigrant, first-generation college student woman. So you have to understand that my perspective is coming from all of those range of experiences. I'm talking to you as a special needs mom. I'm talking to you as um, a a, a senior mid-level manager. I'm talking to you as a business owner. I'm just... A lot of who I am is going into this feedback. And I say this to say, you can take what works for you today and leave what does not. Um, Some of this will be biblical. Some of it will be life experience. And so take what you need. Take what sounds like is resonating for you. And let God be glorified, right? Lord, speak to your people. Your affinity to institutions. You have to understand that institutions are not loyal to you. Institutions are not loyal to anyone. Institutions are loyal to themselves, right? Maybe when the institution was initially created, it was about like people. But what I have found as a manager, as someone who's involved in church, as someone who's involved in my community, is that after a while, it becomes very difficult for an institution, organization, or a business to remain committed to their ideals and experience growth. So how do you remain people-centered when something is just getting bigger, bigger, and bigger? And then one day you look and the building has become the priority, um, the budget has become the priority, the brand, the image has become the priority, and not the care of the individual people. And it is something that I really try to guard against at the Easy Breezy Life, but also realize that at some point, um, I'm, I'm going to have to value right our processes and systems and, and, and striking that healthy balance. This being said, one of the things that I encourage those who are contributors or on this platform to do is to be like, listen, if your life is falling apart, you are not in a place to be pouring in to others. Right, you're not in a place in that season, in that moment, to be contributing on the easy breezy life. You need to focus on your life. Yes, do we have some people who are paid to do services? And so, if I pay you for a service, you got to do a service for the easy breezy life. Yes, but there are people who give their time here and give of their love and give of their resources for nothing at all, right? Other than wanting to be a blessing. And yeah, maybe they're getting some clickbacks to their platform. But for the most part, when you're doing Christian entrepreneurship, there's a heavy part of you that wants to be a blessing first before making the money. Yes, we got to make the money, but it's about being the blessing first. And so, Uh, One of the things that I try to regularly practice is to not be the institution that requires people to betray themselves or betray their families to serve in this capacity. Because I have found that um, jobs, sometimes churches, sometimes even even the institution that we call family will try to require for you to betray yourself, um, to dishonor yourself, to injure yourself in order to remain 
a, a part of that institution. And so we have to start asking ourselves, where do we draw the line? Where do we draw the line with our job? Where do we draw the line with our own business? Where do we draw the line with our family members so that the institution does not sink us? Perfect example. My husband and I have these boundaries with one another that we know that we can't cross. There are certain things that no matter how much my husband asks me to do it, I am not going to do it. I am not going to commit because it's my personal boundary and vice versa. There are certain experiences. There are moments. There are parts of our personalities. There are aspects of our relationship with Christ that are completely separate from one another. And we try not to interfere. And this is because before being connected to anyone, God wants us connected to him. I may want something for my husband, but if I pray about it and I feel the Holy Spirit says, back up, I got something else for your husband, I back up. My husband may want me to get something or a concept. He may want me to understand some concept of fruits of the Spirit because he's always on me about um, my authenticity and the cost of that authenticity. And so he may be on me about coming to a certain revelation, but once he realizes that his words are going nowhere, he turns to prayer and is like, Jesus, get your daughter. So the boundaries in saying that we are both committed to each other in this marriage, we're committed to our son, but but number one, our marriage to Christ comes first, and then number two, our marriage to each other comes second, and then number three, then the baby. Love the baby. I love Mighty Manny, but let me tell you something. When Mighty Manny feels like I have crossed the boundary, he uses every nonverbal cue to say, leave me alone. And, and so we have to understand that loyalty to family, to jobs, to church, to community must have a strong line. It cannot be to your detriment. And I have said this before, I am not a preacher of the Tabitha spirit. I want you to be generous, right? Tabitha's in the Bible. She's also called Dorcas. She's a very generous community service driven woman. I want you to be generous, but you need to be alive to keep being a blessing. Yes, yes. You you can write a book and your legacy can live for you after that. Um, but I am probably not going to be the person who's celebrating martyrdom here. Uh, I want you to live a long, healthy, prosperous life and also be a blessing as you do so. Therefore, balance and boundaries with institutions, family members, churches, jobs have to be the case. Um, it cannot be to the detriment of yourself. It cannot be to the detriment of your primary family unit. And, you know, sometimes people just have to be unhappy. And also understand that as you create those boundaries for yourself, make sure you are honoring them and how they look in the lives of other people. Um, because so often I see people talk about their self-care, self-care, self-care. And then when other people start exercising their self-care, they're like guilt tripping them. So, okay, talk about it, be about it, support it for others. If you're going to be all protective of your personal space, don't be mad when somebody else is protective over theirs. Let it be the same. Next, mentorships, toxic mentorships. Oh, man. I think the issue for me in this arena has come from cultural backgrounds and understanding of elders and people who are pouring into you and the loyalty that is ride or die to no end. And for me, because of the way that my parents oriented us in dealing with 
those in authority, those older than us, those who've gone ahead of us, I honestly found myself in a lot of toxic mentoring relationships where I believed the best of people, gave the best of people, even though they never showed me any sign that they would be able to reciprocate or actually cared about me and my advancement. Like, you know, pe- people who just, they never put you on for anything and anything they put you on for must first make them look good and meet their end goal. And, and it never seems to pour into who you want to become or what your next step is. And if it's your next step, they must absolutely get credit and be involved in that next step. You know, sometimes your job is just to be the catalyst and put somebody on and move back. And let me tell you something about the way that I work with Easy Breezy Life and my clients. I let people know in the beginning, do not get attached Do not get attached because I am a person who in general, I think I might have some attachment issues. I don't like to be attached to people long-term if I'm not like closely related to them. Um, I'm going to give you what you need and I'm going to move you on. You know, I'm working on this smooth, smoothening that transition and not letting it feel like a ripped bandaid. But the truth of the matter is because I have been in mentoring relationships where people have attached themselves to me and refused to let me grow. And then now the relationship becomes a cage that I can't escape from. I try to not be that mentor in other people's life. I try to, to, to be sensitive about when the relationship and if the relationship has run its course or two, if the, the, the way in which that relationship looks has run its course, right? And let me talk about that. There might be a time where I'm seriously like mentoring someone, we're one-on-one, we're talking all the time, I'm telling them, don't do this, don't do this. And then I hit a place where something clicks and says, and that season is up. And I try as much as possible, regardless of my emotional attachment to that person, because you can't really like be so close to someone and not be attached to them, to say, when you say this season is up, Lord, what does that mean? Right? Sometimes it means you've supported this person. Now it's either time for you to receive and being able to shift and you be the one who's learning, which is hard for some people when they're in mentoring roles. Or the season shifts and you say, now you got to let this person go and really spread their wings, even if they don't want to go and you don't really want to let them go, but you got to let them go. Or three, I mean, be like, you know, now you're not mentoring anymore. Y'all just cool, you know, but give it some space, reset the relationship and come back. Or sometimes the relationship has really run its course and you can miss that person. You can love that person. But if you try to hold on to that person, the situation will become utterly toxic. So when I talk about letting go of mentoring or paternalistic relationships that are no longer pouring, that are no longer meeting their need, we have to be mindful of that. We also can't be confusing those mentoring relationships or friendships or daddy ships or, 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 or everything else. Like somebody can't be your mentor and your best friend and your sister. And like that's too much. It's role confusion. Because what I have found is that especially with people who want to be mentors and then want to be friends, the day you have to correct them as a mentor, they can't take that correction. So we got to pace our proximity with the relationships, right? We, we have to make sure that we keep at the forefront what is the purpose of, and goal of this relationship because where the purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable, right, on either side. And so we have to know what's what. Now, I have to say that I am a person who probably more than others, or at least I've heard, am very clear on my lines, like 
you can be related to me. We can be working somewhere and we can have several projects and you get a different me in every single one of those arenas. And it's because I try to stop and say, now we are at work. These are the expectations for work. Now I am your sister. This is my expectation as your sister. Now, or, or vice versa. This is how I show up. Um, people struggle with that, you know, and they're like, oh, it's like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. It's not. It's called the boundary. And some, so many of us do a poor job in exercising boundaries. And when we see other people do it, we're like offended. Well, don't you love me? No, it's not that I don't love you. It's that we must know the purpose of what we're doing. And time, seasons, and settings have something to do with that. So you have to sink the idea that a mentorship or relationship is forever, right? And you, and you have to be um, cognizant of where God is taking you first. Mentors are not your God. They are not your God. And sometimes mentors are not even your father figure. Like I have someone in my life who's a spiritual father figure in a covering. There are certain things that I want mentoring on that the person can't help me with. Why? Because they show up like a father figure, which means that like a father, they have fears for me. They have loves for me. They have hopes and desires. And when I want to take a risk that might potentially put me in danger, that father figure might automatically go into protection mode regardless of whether or not that is what God is asking. This is because we're all human beings, right? And so when people come to me for support, I try not to be somebody's everything. And you shouldn't try to be somebody's everything. And you should not try to make somebody your everything. Most people are going to play a particular role in your life. And to say to somebody like, oh, you're my everything, child, that is so dangerous, let Jesus be everything because God is the only person who promises in the Bible to be everything. And in fact, everyone else, when you look at the Bible, does a miserable job at being that, even when they try to be, okay, with their best of intentions. Remember Jesus and Peter. The next thing we got to sink is frenemies or just like toxic friendships that are just like mad stressful. Oh my God, it ain't supposed to be that hard. I come from a family of eight children, mad extended family. The, I am not, I am not connecting myself to a non-related person who is going to stress me out. And even within family, even within extended family, yo, my boundary game is unreal. I will block you in the New York minute. Yes, I will. You disturb it by peace and you don't get the memo. Block, block, block. You got to go. And the reason why is because you really don't need all these people like you're thinking you need. The man or woman of many friends quickly comes to ruin. Quickly, swift, like fast. I am not trying to have all these people have access to my life. And then you realize, as you pray for the spirit of discernment, how many people are claiming to love you, to want you, to want to be near you, and they really just want to monitor your life and are secretly competing with you. I cannot tell you how many times I've encountered that. People are weird. So you have to pray for the spirit of discernment, especially in choosing your friendships. Psalm 1 says, blessed is the man or woman who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of the sinner or sit in the seat of mockers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord. And the law, they meditate on that law day and night. If the relationship, the engagement, the conversation is going to pull me away from the ideals, if you're looking like, you you know, you want me to celebrate um, behaviors that I feel like the Lord is pulling me away from, if you have a mocking, gossiping tendency, um, I'm, I'm at the point in my life where 
I'm going to love you vehemently with the love of Jesus, but it will be the love of Jesus, AKA with a distance. When I say that I'm loving somebody with the love of Jesus, that means that it's just got a little bit of arm's length going on. Like, I can't give you my whole heart. It's going to be the heart that Jesus gave me to love people with. And yes, those are different, right? Because you cannot take everybody into your spirit. You can't engage in relationships that have shown over and over again that they're not taking you anywhere good. So once I realized that talking through, working through, um, trying to maintain a certain friendship is pulling me into a bad place. Your girl is thinking of a transition plan. Now I must say I've gotten better at this transition plan before I just kind of tell people like, you know, from now on, I'm not doing X, Y, Z with you. That is very harsh and very blunt. And I realize does not demonstrate the love of the Lord. And I'm sure somebody on here today is probably struggling with something similar, but I just want to say that I always, I have not always done this in the way that God would expect us to do it in like a loving manner. Um, that, that is just something that's been consistently a struggle for me. And the truth of the matter is that like I typically offend people before I even realize that they're offended. In my need to create clarity and lines in a relationship, people will just be offended. And so I am praying daily for the wisdom to be able to do this nicer, though something tells me that it might just be like a weakness and God's grace is going to have to be sufficient for me in this arena for the rest of my life. Because your girl is approaching 40 and no matter how much I try to think through this, it, you know, it always misses the mark. <laughs> it always misses the mark some way. So I just kind of accept that this is who I am. And to be my friend, you got to accept that this is the blind spot. But I mean, I mean you well. I love you, love you. But it, this is the blind spot. And I'm sorry in advance. Um, the next thing you got to uh, sink is toxic habits. Tox the toxic habit, my number one toxic habit is pouring out and expecting that people will pour back into me in the same way that I poured out in the same space. Number one toxic habit. I am learning to pour what I can give without depleting myself so that in the event that I cannot be poured back into in that environment, I do not become resentful. Oh, what do, you, what do you mean? What do you mean hold back? I'll give you an example. I was doing a recording the other day, and when people send me recordings for voiceovers, voiceovers, there's this editor part of me that like wants it to be fantastic and spectacular. So if like a word or something looks out of play, I might like edit it, you know, do some stuff, jazz it up and be like, oh, can you give me X, Y, Z? That would really help make this better. But then the Holy Spirit was like, do exactly what they asked you to do. Read what's on the paper and that's it. It was hard. I had to hold back, right? And that would see so, seem so contrary to the Holy Spirit that if you know something can make something better, you hold back. It it doesn't seem Christ-like. But the truth of the matter is, they ain't paying you to be the editor. They only are acknowledging or asking you to be the voiceover person. So if you keep on doing above and beyond, one day you're gonna be mad because people will take, 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 and then expect that what you're giving is now the bare minimum. And the day you decide to pull back will have a sense of entitlement and anger. Like, how dare you create a boundary? So start with the boundary early. Don't engage in the toxic habit of trying to save everybody. That ain't for you. That is not your calling to save everyone. There are some people that, you know, depending on the season, I might stress myself, stretch myself a little bit further for, but that ain't most. 
That is not most. It's like two or three people on that list. Legit. And when you engage in the toxic habit of devaluing yourself and then wondering and saying, well, who's got my back? Well, first of all, you ain't got your back. So who's going to get your back for you? Why don't you get your back first? And then maybe somebody else can back you up. Help yourself sink that ship. The last ship that we are sinking um, that has really liberated me in the easy breezy life and has allowed us to grow in the way that we have grown is sinking the ship of perfectionism and learning when to shut it off. I was raised by a woman who does everything that she does well. My mom is that lady. If she's speaking German or writing German, it's perfect German. If she's speaking or writing in French, it's perfect French. If she is cleaning, that house is clean to perfection. She's taking care of your baby, it's to perfection down to the minute detail. My mom is detailed. Now, you know, the Bible does say if you train up a child in the way that they go, when they get older, they won't depart from it. As a teenager, I completely rebelled from this. But as I got older, I started becoming my mom and struggling because there's some things you are just not going to be able to do if you're focused on perfectionism. Perfectionism, like right now, the biggest area where it's impacting me is my academics. I want these papers to look a certain way. I want this doctoral journey to look a certain way because it does not. Because every paper comes back with red, your girl is struggling. And I'm just like, oh my God. If you are a perfectionist, don't get a doctorate, yo. (laughs) Nothing will let you know how imperfect you are like a professor writing on your paper all the things that you have done wrong. And every revision has like 30 points of feedback. It's never perfect. So um, those are my tips for you today. These are ships that I think you need to sink or the ships that I had to sink to move forward. I'm sure there are more ships in my future that I'm going to have to sink to move forward. But those are the big ones that I struggled with the most. And so I hope you found something in these nuggets today to bless you. I love you. God bless you. And I see you next week for a day in the life of the alpha woman. Be well, booze.